What up? You're listening to the first ever episode of Outkick Bets with me, Jeff Clark. Let me set the table before my guests and I start feasting. Pregame.com sports betting analyst Mackenzie Rivers stops by to help me forecast the 2022 NFL season. We'll be giving our best bets for each division, picking the playoff teams, conference winners, and Super Bowl champion. After the team stuff, Mackenzie and I will predict the season award winners, and of course, before leaving, we'll give out our favorite bets for the upcoming NFL season. But first, let me shout out to the sponsors of this podcast, DraftKings Sportsbook and Points Bet Sportsbook. They're running awesome promotions for OutKick Bet listeners. You can head over to OutKick.com backslash bet and get some great bonuses. For instance, place a $5 bet and get $200 in free bets instantly at DraftKings Sportsbook. Also, Points Bet Sportsbook is giving out two free risk bets up to $2,000. Again, you can get these promos out at OutKick.com backslash bet and always remember please gamble responsibly okay gamblers let's get gambling all right so you might have heard this week's guest on vsons or seen this week's guest on vsons tv network heard him on fox sports radio and or pregame.com podcast where he works as a handicapper and data dude let me welcome in pregame.com's mckenzie rivers what's up mac Data dude, I might have to change my Twitter bio from head of research at pregame.com to data dude at pregame.com. That's good. I like that. You like that? I'm coming out next week in Vegas. Hopefully, you can get some business cards made and you can drop me one of your business cards. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, yeah, you deserve it after coining the term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks man. for having me on. Uh, appreciate it. I'm a fan of your work. Been been reading your uh, new stuff at outkick.com. So, uh, a fan to, or, uh, happy to join and talk some NFL. Yeah, we've been Twitter buddies for a while now. This is our first like official in-person, well, not really in-person, over Zoom conversation. I have never seen you, and your Twitter bio is a famous actor, but you look pretty similar. You look exactly like I thought, honestly. <laughs> Wait, the Twitter bio is me. What do you mean? Oh, really? It's not that guy from, um, I thought it was the guy from uh, How I Met Your Mother, the uh, the tall guy. I Jason Siegel. Yeah, I thought you were Jason Siegel, man. No. I thought that you and Jason Siegel were one and the same, but I guess it's just the, the picture. I think I'm going to take that as a compliment. Thanks. <laughs> what are you talking about? He gets paid millions of dollars to look good on TV, so, you know, take he's, it. He's a goddamn movie star. That's Thank right. you. Wow, this this <laughs> podcast is... is it also is, it also shows that I've never really looked closely at your Twitter picture, so that's, I guess, not a positive, whatever. Actually, I kind of prefer that than you yeah, examining right. in or zooming <laughs> in on your my content is what I've been digging for sure. I appreciate that. And I've listened to you um, um, in various different forums. Obviously, I just listed a couple of them, but you do great work at pregame.com. You're effectively their quant. And I mean, your farts know more math than my entire brain. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to um, kicking off outkick bets with with a legit handicapper. And hopefully you can school me. I know you can school some of our listeners and and uh, bring some value into this 2022 NFL season. But I told all the listeners the drill off the top. We're going to start in the AFC Conference uh, with the North Division and defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals actually have the second best odds to win, according to the book I'm looking at, DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, but, Mac, how are you assessing the AFC North coming into 2022? I'm surprised that Baltimore has moved all the way to being the favorite. When this opened in February, 
Cincinnati Super Bowl loser were clear favorites plus 150, Baltimore two to one, Browns three to one. We had a lot more uh, uncertainty with Deshaun Watson at that time. So now Browns are four to one. That makes sense. Deshaun Watson's going to miss 11 games. The Bengals have dipped a little bit to plus 170, and the Ravens have surged. Like you said, they're now the favorite. I'm on two minds of this. On the one hand, yes, the Ravens were decimated from injury from last year, and they were expected to win 11 games. They were on their way, eight and three. On the other hand, if you didn't tell me that, and I just saw like the last 10 weeks of last year, Cincinnati was far and away the better team, and their trend line where Joe Burrow was good to start the year, and then he was the best quarterback in football the last you know couple months of the regular season and did great in the playoffs, where Lamar Jackson was bad. I know he was injured, but even if you take away the injury games, he was not good. You know, Really, after that Colts huge Monday night comeback where they were down like 25 or something, and they came back and won it, since that game, which was an amazing game, it kind of turned around all the Lamar Jackson haters for a day, and deservedly so. He passed great. He came back from behind just like they said he couldn't do. For whatever reason, that was his last good game of the season. Down the stretch, I just looked this up uh, when R.J. Bell asked me. Seven straight times, he's he suited up towards the end of the season, seven straight times he had a PFF grade below that of what we would expect from a starting quarterback, an average starting quarterback. So I know he's on a contract year and he's saying all the right things, but I am not agreeing with the market optimism on Baltimore. So did you place any division bets, any um, on, on the Bengals or another team, do you have any specific plays in the AFC North? Uh, unfortunately, I have over eight and a half wins for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, so that looked a lot better before the six game was six game suspension was extended to 11 games. I haven't played the Bengals over uh, 9.8 or 10. That's that, that would be my lean. Um, and my lean is to the under on the Ravens 10, but I haven't made either of those bets that, uh, just not enough, not enough value for me to pounce yet. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, my pick to win the divisions, the Cincinnati Bengals at plus one seventy. I haven't placed a bet on it, nor, nor will I. Um, I'll actually bring this up again later, but I, I do have the Baltimore Ravens making the the playoffs as a wild card. Uh, just the regression metrics pop out eleven minus sure. eleven in turnover differential, like yep, by far we, the we most have... adjusted games lost to injury. They were just yeah. decimated and. You made an, uh, a great point about Lamar Jackson um, at towards the end of the of the year or the end of his season, but he looked like an MVP candidate was playing like it for the first few weeks and, and pulled no doubt, out some crazy no wins. So I'm sorry, I kind of cut you off there. But what, what else? Yeah, do you just have? Uh, I got excited when you said uh, regression metrics because I just put this you know beautiful sheet I have in my hand here, which is uh, the luck factors, what we consider the regression, what really wasn't representative of the team, and the Ravens were the were the unluckiest team uh they lost 1.6 wins to injury they lost like you said turnovers and their strength of schedule from one year to the next is going to be slightly easier so all those things point to more wins two and a half more wins by our metric so that gets us from eight to ten and a half which is close to where their win total is however i don't think uh i don't think the early part of i don't think we can just say okay well lamar jackson was this until week 11 and then the rest of the season doesn't matter. I, I I saw some some troubling things, which, again, I'm not betting the Ravens under. Like you said, the regression metrics do point to them coming back and being a playoff team. But uh, I'm too concerned with Lamar Jackson to, to to bet on them to win the division or they're over. Uh, same here. I and and their defense could could be nasty, right? I mean, they they added Marcus Williams, uh, safety from the Saints, uh, uh, a Fuller brother, Nickelback, and they get back. 
Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters drafted uh, Kyle Hamilton. So they stay healthy. Um, they could be nasty, but I guess and that's I'm- kind of been missed in the in this Ravens dynasty or this like success run. Their defense has been as good as their offense has as different as their offense has been. Their defense has been carrying the day the last few years until they got hurt last year. So if they were regressed to what they were two years ago, yeah, they're an elite defense. The only bet that I've actually made in the division officially right now is I, I took Joe Burrow uh, twelve to one plus twelve hundred to win the NFL MVP. I don't hate it. Yeah, I mean the bottom line is is he's as good as Josh Allen or Justin Herbert, um, but he's he's got a much uh, better payout. Um, I also think that Cincinnati Bengals weapons around him are better than than Justin Herbert and and, and Josh Allen. Um, and if you just look at his advanced metrics, I mean, they were nuts. Uh, 14th in DVOA and 12th in QBR. So that's a little weird, but he was first in PFF grade. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with runningbacksdontmatter.com. Oh, yeah. But maybe some of the Outkick Bets listeners aren't. Um, it's an advanced analytics site. Um, but well, if you they- type into your Google machine, runningbacksdontmatter.com, you might not get there. But rbsdm.com is, is a slash stats slash stats is a great place to go. Thank you. Yeah. Um, they have a, uh, a metric in the quarterback tab. Um, it's like a blend of expected points added per play, um, composite with uh, completion percentage over expectation. And the layman terms of that is is this guy making scoring plays and is he throwing dudes open? Well, Joe Burrow was second last year in that metric. Um, according to PFF, it was first in quarterback rating from a clean pocket, third under pressure, third on third down, first and on target percentage. The guy's a stud, and I think he's got the technically the sixth or seventh best odds to win MVP. I just, I just flatly think that's a, a pricing um, error. So I'm gonna. I agree with you. I, I think it's people are taking the season as a whole and saying, well, p- number one by PFF, slightly worse by QBR, number two by uh, the composite metric you were talking about. But I think we have to say a year before week 12 of last year, he had one of the most devastating quarterback injuries Joe Burrow did that we've seen. Uh, he wasn't supposed to play the beginning of the year and he came back sooner than expected, even though he tore his ACL and PCL and a bunch of other stuff. So it makes sense that he wasn't quite as good as he's going to be the first you know, eight or so weeks. After week 12, it wasn't very close between him and the next guy, Aaron Rodgers, for who was the best quarterback by PFF. I think those numbers after week 12 numbers where he looked like the MVP of the league are more representative of what we're going to see this year. And he had a rookie running receiver, Jamar Chase, who was a good prospect to top five receiver in the league. That was his trajectory from the beginning to the end of the year last year. Yeah. And um, I just, I don't see him getting better or worse from year two to three. Um, And also I don't see Cincinnati running away with the division, meaning he's going to get a full 17 game schedule in my opinion. And, he could be near 40 touchdowns, right? And he's probably going to be around 5,000 yards because the dude's an alpha. So, again, I mean, the gist of it is I just think 12-1 to 1 is a sick number. So I took it. Um, moving along, unless you have anything else in the north. Nope. That's all for me. Down south, which I can't wait to hear your guys at pregame.com uh, break this down later today. Uh, go check out pregame.com's NFL podcast. Um, they're available everywhere podcasts are available uh, but because this is the toughest division afc south i i don't have a best bet if i'm being honest in this division um i actually am interested in talking to you about this because i think i can make a pretty compelling case for the tennessee titans and my pick 
is for them to win the division at plus 175. I have no action on it. I could see the Indianapolis Colts really killing it. They have a super easy schedule. I actually like Trevor Lawrence and um, am optimistic about how that whole thing is going to work out with Doug Peterson. But do you are you fading anyone in the AFC South, backing anyone, or, or how are you feeling about this division in turn this season? You mentioned the dream preview yesterday. We did the AFC preview. Uh, and during the South, I think I, I think my mind's been changed a little bit where I kind of fell into the market movement on the Colts and the fact that roster-wise, they're so much better uh, than the Titans, and they added a, you know possibly top of the league or top half of the league quarterback in Matt Ryan. However, RJ kind of convinced me on this. The Colts really have strength in areas outside of what you want, where they have an elite guard – in Quentin Nelson, they have an elite running back in Jonathan Taylor, and they have a real elite linebacker. And those are the three probably positions that are being uh, devalued in the recent years of the NFL, which makes sense. If you're a smart GM, you're going to find value where others are, are discarding. You're going to take that cigarette or that cigar off the ground and get a less, less puff out of it if the value's there. However, I'm just not sold that Matt Ryan is just as good as Carson Wentz, honestly, or, or expected to be better. I think most people are saying, well, Carson Wentz was a disaster. Matt Ryan's going to be better. Well, let's look at the numbers a little bit. Carson Wentz was a top 10 QBR guy last year. He had 27 touchdowns and seven picks. I know he had some bad fumbles where he just looked ridiculous and he had some bad picks where, you know, Monday night football against the, uh, I think it was the 49ers or might have been Sunday night football. He'll, he'll have some plays where I can get, if I'm an owner and that's my team, I'm saying, I don't want to participate in that guy's football anymore. I, I want out of the Carson Wentz business because of those representative plays. And that's where bias comes in, representative bias. I think over the course of the season, he was better than Matt Ryan. I know Matt Ryan didn't have the help, but we're just assuming that he's going to come in and be an upgrade. And I think that's that's a that's a misjudgment. So plus 140, the Colts opened to win the division in February. Now they're minus 130. That's a 70 cent move where the Titans have gone the other way. I get the Titans lost the key wide receiver. I think the, the, the market has gone a little bit too heavy on the Colts. I did this uh, analysis 41 times over the last five years, a team has had a new quarterback than they had the last year. On average, those teams go under their win total by 0.6 games per season, and only 38% of the times go over. So there's all, I mean, I'm going to talk about the Broncos coming up. There's often this wave of optimism for a new quarterback, and most of the time, 62% of the time, it's unwarranted. So that's how I feel about the Colts. I think they're a, they're a slight fade team. I, I agree with you. I think if I, if I gun to my head, I'd pick the Titans. Mike Vrabel's 4-0 to the over going over by two wins per season as a head coach doesn't get the credit of some of these, uh, you know, more offensively minded coaches, but he's been as elite as anyone at the job. And I expect that to continue. Yeah. Piggybacking off of that. This is a lame football cliche, but it, it absolutely works here. The Tennessee Titans um, have the identity of their coach. They're, they're, they're tough. They're a physical team and they're really smart. Like, I know Dan Campbell talked about this recently, but I just feel like the market and like some of the NFL nerds or community just look at Mike Vrabel as like this meathead jock when he's really like really buttoned up, has his team situationally prepared. You remember in that uh, final Patriot uh, Brady game where he did that <laughs> that game clock hack where he just like ran the clock. Uh, right. uh, uh, and kept and kept getting delay of games and just bled the clock, and it was a very Bill Belichickian move. It was it was it was very impressive, and he does stuff like that often. And I just 
for the Tennessee Titans, like A, I think their defense is sick. Uh, B, I, I really like their coach. C, that um, running backs don't matter quarterback blend that I talked about. Do you know since Ryan Tannehill became the quarterback of the Titans, he's third in that metric over the last three seasons behind Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers? Useful. This, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And he's, I think, tied for third in rushing touchdowns over that time. Like, he ran for seven touchdowns last year. The guy gets it done, and people want to say that, oh, he's helped by a very specific offensive scheme. I mean, how many quarterbacks can you say that for? Josh Allen wasn't shit until Brian Dable got there and, and, and developed him. Baltimore and Harbaugh built their whole offense about around what Lamar Jackson could do. I mean, Mahomes is, is a god, but he has Andy Reid. So, like, well I'm not holding it against Tannehill that he has a good coach and, like, good players around him. Um, and and I just – I get a vibe where it's kind of like our backs against the wall, almost like a last dance type thing with this team. Now, now Mike Vrabel, defending coach of the year, he's fine, right? But if this team sucks, if they take a shit, Tannehill could be gone. Derrick Henry could be gone. Taylor Lewan could be gone. They just acquired Robert Woods. He was kind of a discard uh, mm-hmm. from, from the, the Rams. They picked up Austin Hooper. These guys are all good players, right? If they stay healthy, they can put together a hell of a season. I'm not going to bet the the Titans plus 175 that win, win this division because, frankly, their schedule is nuts. It is. It is. And I can't. I, I tried a million times to talk myself into the bet. I just, I just couldn't do it. But my official pick is the Titans plus one seventy five, and I, I wouldn't hate a, a look on uh, Traylon Burks to to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think he does do a lot of uh, what AJ Brown does, um, and I think he could be successful in that that offense. He's eighteen to one. But let again, me ask you a question on the Titans. Yeah. Uh, who do you think was more valuable to the team of the twenty twenty one Titans, a twelve win team? Derrick Henry, the beginning of the season, who would or over the course of the whole season, who was more important to the team? Derrick Henry, wide re- uh, running back or wide receiver AJ Brown? Who do you think? Do you know? Do you have an answer? Like a, a, a I have math an opinion. Answer? It's, it's, oh, okay, no, no I, okay. I have an opinion. All right, yeah. gotcha. I would say Derrick Henry is more important to the overall success. I actually happen to think, and I'm going to talk about this in a, in a few minutes. I, I think. The wide receiver position is the most overrated position in, in probably sports, but definitely in the NFL. Um, but if you had – I would love to hear your opinion because I, I love A.J. Brown. I do. So I, I hate talking bad about him. But no, no. Derrick I agree Henry's 100%. A, a Derrick Henry's how they built, how Mike Vrabel built that team. Ryan Tannehill, you mentioned how elite some of his metrics are. We do an average, a composite of QBR and PFF the last two years. There's been four quarterbacks in the world better than Ryan Tannehill. I mean – you could say, okay, well, he's helped by this, he's helped by that. PFF doesn't care how good your offensive line is. It's judging each throw. And QBR is just the opposite. It doesn't care if your mechanics are right. It's judging the result. Take a composite of that. That's a pretty good analysis of how good a quarterback is. And he's been pretty good because of the team built around Derrick Henry. A.J. Brown, like you said, very, very valuable in the eyes of the market. The win total for the Titans have gone from about nine and a half. They trade A.J. Brown, wake up, and now it's nine. I don't think, unlike team, unlike uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, A.J. Brown is that linchpin to what the Titans are doing. I think he's a composite piece. And then if you look at from last year to this year, they missed Derrick Henry for 10 games last year, and they had A.J. Brown the whole time. Now A.J. Brown's gone, but they have Derrick Henry for the whole 18 games or 17 games slated. I think that's net-net. 
it's an improvement from last year where we should expect them to be performance wise better. Now they won a lot of close games and they could regress just because of that, just because of that luck factor. But performance wise, I think this team is better than last year. The market disagrees with me, but if I'm picking, that's why if I'm picking a division winner, uh, I'm bucking the market movement and I'm going with the Titans. Yeah, agreed. I, I think that defense could be nasty. And the last thing to add to the offense before we move on to the AFC East, uh, Robert Woods, while playing for for Sean McVay, is one of the best blocking wide receivers. And I think that acquisition was was very smart and and underrated. I think he's going to help Derrick Henry. And 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 obviously, like my handicap, my lean blows up if Derrick Henry gets injured, right? Like whatever. But like. If he doesn't, then I'll take the Titans and win the division. Well, you would have said that last year, and then you would have walked to the window with a winner at the end of the year. You know, the, the right. Titans did it without Derrick Henry. I think they'll be better this year with them. Right. All right. Let's move on in the AFC East, where the Super Bowl favorite Buffalo Bills are also massive favorites to win the AFC East at minus two forty. Um, I'm I'm picking them to win the 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 Super Bowl and uh, obviously the division. They're my number one power rated team. Surprise, surprise. There just really isn't any good lines for Buffalo, in my opinion. So I don't have any action on them um, per se, except for my my best bet in this division. This is um, a DraftKings sportsbook line, but I'm gonna exact a box of Buffalo Bills and Miami Dolphins finishing first and second in the AFC East. Um, again, I just, you know, the Bills are my number one power rated team. I'm down on the New England Patriots, down on the New York Jets, and I'm high on my, the Miami Dolphins with uh, Tua thrown to Tyreek Hill and uh, Jalen Waddell and a possibly quarterback-friendly system. Uh, Miami retained its entire defensive personnel, and I, and I think that unit is going to have another good season. Um, the AFC is loaded, so Miami Dolphins plus 140 to make the playoffs is a no-go. Um, and over uh, nine regular season wins for the Dolphins, only plus 100. So I'll take the plus 110 to exact a box, Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins, and um, the layman terms on that is those two teams finish in the top two in either order. So that's my look here in the AFC East. I'm also, I actually do have a bet on, on, a, on a season award with the Bill I'll talk about at the end of the, uh, the episode. But what do, you, uh, what, do you, what do you like here in the AFC East, Mac? I'm not too far off from you. I think the Bills clearly run away with the division. However, I think the Patriots have a much better chance than people are giving them to finish second. And I understand the roster turnover and the offseason, uh, you know, discouraging news where they don't know who's calling plays, et cetera. The preseason looked horrendous. Even the first team looked pretty bad. But I'm just going to back Bill Belichick to put it together, especially when you think rookie quarterbacks last year more than ever usually suck almost invariably suck Robert Griffin was an exception Russell Wilson was an exception Mac Jones was an exception other than that it's really rare to have a quarterback play above average quarterback football top 16 level football as a rookie that makes me optimistic that he's going to be as good or better look at Joe Burrow in his second year look at Justin Herbert in his second year generally look at Deshaun Watson when he came back and had his second year usually that's when you're a lot better so I think as, as bad as Mac Jones looked throwing that pick six to the Raiders or whatever it was, uh, didn't make any sense kind of thing that you think he's just terrible quarterback. That just kind of stuff happens in preseason. I'm not putting too much weight on it. Uh, there's been, you know, optimism on the Dolphins, pessimism on the Patriots. I, I don't really agree with that. I think those are two even teams. It's going to be a coin flip. Who finishes it? I will say my best bet in the division would be the Jets under. And it's about mixed between five and a half and six. 
this is pretty simple. They don't have a quarterback. Joe Flacco was a guy that I believed in, you know, as a backup on the Broncos or as a guy that I thought, you know, he's average. You look at his numbers, he's average, and people are saying he's terrible. Well, I, I think the average days have passed. I think two years ago he was average and people were saying he's terrible. Now I think he's terrible. And that brings me to who's going to start week two, Zach Wilson, who was the worst rookie. Maybe Justin Field was up there statistically out of a crop of really bad rookies. But moreover, the preseason, his first week, I know he only had a drive and like one play. It was bad. It was the worst rated uh, out of any of the PFF uh, preseason quarterbacks. So I just don't see it happening for the Jets. And the only reason I like it is because it was five and a half at open. That's what I think it should be. They presented it at open, and then they had this draft where they had a bunch of NFL-ready guys, Reese Hall, the second favorite to win Rookie of the Year. And there was all this optimism, and then Zach Wilson gets hurt. And, yeah, there's been some pessimism, but it's still – their season win total is still higher. They're expected to win more games than before Zach Wilson was hurt at all. Now he's hurt. He's not going to be running the same. We don't know when he's coming back. I think there's got to be a downgrade. We haven't seen it much in the market. I think it's uh, a mistake. So take advantage of the New York betters and all the public bias. I go Jets under six wins, lay a little vig uh, for this division. It's a good bet. Nice, dude. I don't like or I don't hate that look. And uh, Zach, Zach Wilson just was terrible last year. I mean, I saw glimpses of, you know, why they drafted him. But like, if you dig into the numbers, it, it was, it was really bad. <laughs> you know, who's had a bad week. And I like this guy uh, hung out with him at my cousin's wedding. Chris Sims has had a bad week. Because he once said Zach Wilson was the best quarterback of the 2021 draft. Doesn't look great today. He also said Colin Mond was better than Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Doesn't look great today, a guy that was released as a third stringer from the Vikings. Uh, and they picked up Nick Mullins from the 49ers. That's how much they didn't want Kellen Mond. So Chris Sims, he called Patrick Mahomes. He called it. He said this guy's going to be great. Sometimes you miss. And he, he missed in the 2021 20, draft analysis, in my opinion. We'll see. We'll see how it shakes up in the end. But uh, Zach Wilson won. Kellen Mond four doesn't look great today. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree with you, but um, I like the, the 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 moves the Jets made and the direction they're going in. It just you know if if the quarterback's gonna suck, then there's no overcoming that. Um, what else did I have to add? I guess I'm I guess I'm good here. Oh, I I don't I don't hate your analysis on 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 the New England Patriots. I wanted to fade them heavier or have a stronger opinion, but I just looking at Bill Belichick and, and, and Mac Jones, who had an awesome year. I just I just couldn't do it. But uh, let's head over to the AFC West, which is probably the best division in football. I'm taking the Los Angeles Chargers as my pick, uh, a plus 220 to win the division. It's not an official bet, though. I, I just got to see Justin Herbert win some games. I mean, really, what what's his excuse, right? I mean, Burrow took – a cursed Bengals team to the Super yep. Bowl in his second year. I mean, Pat Mahomes was a stud his second year. Um, you know, like why why didn't Herbert make the playoffs last year? I think he's got to own or hold some accountability in that. Uh, my 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 favorite look in this, and it's it might be fading you, I guess. I don't know. I, I, maybe we both get there. Um, but I, my best bet is under Raiders eight and a half wins at plus one ten. I can kind of break that down, but I want I want to hear your. Uh, your your best bet or um, a, a look you had on the Denver Broncos? Oh, yeah. I was wondering. I'm like, the Raiders? I didn't pick the Raiders. You're not stepping on me. Uh, no, this goes back to, yeah, my best bet is in this division is the Broncos under 10. 
This goes back to just the hype train that comes with a new quarterback in general, over 41 examples, the last five years, when you get a new quarterback, Vegas expects you to win about two thirds of a win more than you actually do. 41 examples, negative 0.6 expected win total is a pretty big sample and a pretty, uh, I think, telling element of the market where on paper, you can say, okay, the Broncos had everything, but they missed a quarterback. Now they add a Russell Wilson, they'll be good. However, uh, the Dolphins are going to have the same problem. When you have a new offense, especially something derived from the Shanahan system, Matt LaFleur uh, had Nathaniel Hackett, the new coach of the Broncos, was with Matt LaFleur, who traces all the way back to my uncle Mike Shanahan. It doesn't usually go great the first year. Aaron Rodgers has been back-to-back MVP. That's second year two. And year three in the Shanahan system, he excelled. Year one, he was 20th in QBR. The guy that says the guy that almost everyone that doesn't know anything about football can tell you is one of the best players in the world to ever do it. First year didn't quite look like Aaron Rodgers. He was 20th in QBR. Now you bring Russell Wilson in to a new system, to a team that has high expectations. 10 wins is not nothing. And he's never really done it outside. I mean, obviously he's never done it outside Seattle, but he's also never done it in a system that wasn't a lot of long balls, a lot of let's stretch the field, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, because uh, that's what he does best. He's a great, he's probably the best, maybe ever, long ball thrower, deep ball thrower. The drop in, in the system. bucket, those are lovely. Absolutely, and it, it's amazing, and I don't think it's going to happen that much in a new system where they're running the ball a lot, they're doing a lot of, you know, the Shannon system's based on the West Coast system, a lot of precision, slants, tight movement that he might be okay at. I don't think Russell Wilson's deficient at that, but it's just not what he does the best. And the best thing that he does is spying a little bit of time and throwing a 40 yard bomb, especially now that we've seen in response to Mahomes. Uh, and shout out to at Sharp Clark, the first person I saw talking about this. The two shell deep safeties has become much more prevalent the last two years of the NFL. That's exactly the time frame that we've seen Russell Wilson go from maybe the best quarterback in football to I don't know to hurt to yeah, he's hurt, but he's not very good. Last two years, last 18 months of Russell Wilson's performance hasn't been there. Now we expect it to jump back to the new team, to him to be elite. This win total says the Broncos have everything they had last year and they added an elite quarterback. I think maybe he'll reach that at some point. I don't think it's going to be that uh, seamless. So that's why I think the Broncos are you know, a little overhyped and I like the under 10 wins is my best bet. Yeah, I uh, I don't ha- disagree with a lot of your logic, and I just think there's too many question marks around Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson to be betting that kind of number, betting the over on that. Um, I, I actually kind of annoyed with Russell Wilson as like an NFL professional. I think he and like his fans of not he, but his fans or supporters in the media have dragged Pete Carroll and just made it seem like Russell Wilson is carrying him when the only. Um, you know, championship success Russell Wilson had is when he had the sickest roster around him and one of the better defenses ever in football history. Um, and I and it just it it feels like Russell Wilson thinks he's too good to play in a system, right? That's kind of like the origin of his hero ball stuff. He's just like, well, I can I can improvise better stuff than than Pete Carroll uh, can call up, and I don't think that he necessarily is going to just trust Nathaniel Hackett or. I'm just not convinced that that um, partnership is gonna is gonna pay off or work instantly. Um, but yeah, when he came into the league, um, Russell Wilson did a very little and he did it very well. He was with the Legion Boom, and even in the Super Bowl, he threw about 15 times, and that's and that was elite. 
every year he's done more and the team's been worse pretty much invariably he's expanded his role and he's played more hero ball and the team's done worse now now he's going to a new team is he going to become more of a team player is he going to fit into a system maybe i think that's unlikely i think it's more likely that he says now yes i cast off the shackles of pete carroll and all those winning years in seattle now i'm going to do russell wilson things I think that I think there's going to be a little bit of hiccups to start the season, and I don't, I don't think I think this is a nine and eight team. I don't think this team makes the playoffs. Yeah, one of my favorite points that RJ uh, RJ Bell, founder of pregame and uh, your boss and guy you podcast with a lot, that he brings up that I love uh, or kind of hits on is that I just think it's funny that like these football podcast guys and like, you know, analytics nerds effectively think they know more football than yeah, Pete Carroll. Like, like all the Super Bowl winners are idiots. It's crazy. Like it's the, crazy to me. Guys in the basement are smart, but the Super Bowl winners with, you know, 15 years of head coaching experience, they're just, they, they should have read a book that from Joe Blow on Twitter. That way they'd know. I know this dude, ridiculous. this dude won a national title, went to a couple of Super Bowls, won one, uh, you know, he's, the game's passed him by. Eh, I, I disagree with that. Um, real quick, though, I, I like the under Raiders, 8.5 plus 110. Uh, I like the Raiders last year. They made me a ton of money, but someone has to lose games in the AFC West. Uh, obviously, Mac likes the Broncos uh, to fall short, but I, I think there's a good argument for the Raiders to fall short because of their win total because they have the third toughest schedule in the NFL. They have a very weak defense outside of Chandler Jones and, and Max Crosby. Uh, Chandler Jones, who they just acquired this offseason. Um, I, I think he'll be good for them, actually. But uh, I, 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 as I said earlier, I do believe the wide receiver position is overrated when it comes to like winning and losing. So I'm whatever on Devontae Adams. I'm sure if he's healthy, he's going to have sick numbers. But I don't necessarily think that equates to wins and losses. And the Raiders were 7-2 and two last year in one-score games and just – Yep. Plainly got dumb lucky several times last season. Their Pythag was seven and ten, and just in this hellscape of an AFC West, I think they end up falling short. So that's my look here in the AFC West. I agree with you. Uh, you talked about close wins uh, at pregame research. We do something similar to the Pythagorean theorem. It's very correlated, but I think it's slightly an enhancement on it. And we look at what's your average win percentage in the fourth quarter. Uh, beginning of the fourth quarter, second five minutes of the fourth quarter, and then we wait most heavily the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. Our thinking is you have a 98% chance to win the entire game, but then, you know, random turnover, uh, return for a touchdown, you can lose. doesn't really mean anything towards what we project your ability to be going forward. Well, the Raiders were the luckiest team by this metric in the fourth quarter. They won about 1.8 games more than they should. Pythagorean said they were seven and 10. This metric says, okay, maybe some of their wins, uh, whatever, it equates to eight wins. So eight and nine is what our numbers say. Pythagorean says seven and 10. Any way you slice it, they're one of the luckiest teams in the league. And that hurts them because you mentioned it, the schedule, another regression factor. They're, they're going to lose about a quarter win by our numbers just to the schedule. You add that to the two wins they got benefited uh, just from winning close games. This goes from a 10-win team very quickly to a 7-win team by these projections. Uh, you know, I just threw a lot of numbers at you. None of, you know, I didn't name any players, but convincing enough for me, I'm staying far away from the Raiders. I don't think adding Devontae Adams, because, I mean, that's the storyline. They made the playoffs, then they added Devontae Adams. If From 10,000 feet, that looks like a really good team. Really, they very luckily made the playoffs 
and they added Devontae Adams. It's it's a lot different when you think about the equation in that term. So under Raiders, I don't hate that at all. I like that bet. Also, there's like an argument that like Josh McDaniels adds stability just because like the coaching situation was an absolute disaster nightmare last year. But I mean, since when has a Bill Belichick disciple done anything like I, I just don't see him having success in the stack division year one. No. And again, RJ mentioned this, the, the Belichick tree hasn't had a lot of success, but the one thing they've had consistency is that they like to tear it down when they get there. We've seen all the coaches do that. Uh, that's what they're doing in the Texans right now with their new GM. So if you tear it down the first year and they just got rid of the first round draft pick they had last year, kind of sending a message, maybe this year isn't the year that they're going all in. Maybe if you are bullish on the Raiders, bullish on McDaniels, look to back them later in the season, or if you're looking for futures next year, but this year ain't the year in my opinion. What's up everyone? It's Nick Wright and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Let's go over to the other conference. We'll start in the NFC North where the defending uh, NFC North champion Green Bay Packers are minus 190 to win this uh, division for another year. Um, I, I think Matt LaFleur has won it three straight times. They've won 13 games each year he's been there. He's He's been awesome for them. Uh, Minnesota Vikings come in with a lot of buzz, a lot of hype because they changed uh, coaches uh, going from Mike Zimmer, who I've loved, um, to, to, to Kevin O'Connell. Um, I really don't like uh, Kirk Cousins. I'm not going to be betting any futures on the Minnesota Vikings. I'll you know take them in games um, where I see value. But I guess my best bet in this division is uh, Chicago Bears that have the fewest wins. Even that feels a little square, um, but like what a, number? What number are you getting on that? I, I'm using DraftKings, a proud uh, sponsor of this one. podcast, and so yeah, yeah, seven to one. Uh, shop around if you can find better. Obviously, take that. Um, the, the 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 only teams that are priced down there with them have a have a much tougher schedule. So I could see the Bears not cashing this ticket, but like from a personnel standpoint, talent standpoint, I there's nothing I like there. Uh, Matt Eberflus, a new coach, uh, is they're going to have a, a rookie play caller. I mean, so I, I'm not sure if the new coaching staff can get what is needed at a Justin Field, especially without the weapons. Again, it is a little square uh, because their schedule is very easy, and a lot of people are down on the Bears. But this is that's the only like real bet that I can make. Another another look that I like in this conference or in this division would be. Uh, 
Aaron Jones um, at plus 4,000 to win Offensive Player of the Year just because I think he's going to get a ton of usage both out of the backfield and like in the slot for, for Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers apparently isn't happy with his wide receivers. Um, but both of those looks are more leans. Do you have anything uh, specific or just maybe just some analysis for our listeners in the AFC North? Uh, yeah, I'll piggyback on this. That's a bet that I gave uh, Bears to have the worst division or worst record in the league. I think there's a lot of signs that Matt Eberflus is coming in and saying, uh, if you can be, do it by yourself, that's great, but I'm going to focus on the defense and special teams and kind of revamp this roster while you flame out Justin Fields because he added no weapons. And I know they signed Alex Leatherwood from the Raiders, former number one draft pick, but they have probably the worst offensive line. So combine that with a rookie or a second-year quarterback that had very little success uh, last year, I don't see it coming together. Uh, when I talked to Steve Fezzik from pregame.com, check him out, uh, about this bet, and I gave it out uh, on our, one of our podcasts, he said, well, a better bet to, to him, and you can find this on some offshore sites, I think Bet Online is one, bears to have the least amount of points in the NFL, because that way, as good as Matt Eberflus may be, a deep, former defensive coordinator of the Colts, you're kind of giving his strengths uh, a caveat, or you're kind of carving that out of your bet where it's just the rookie play caller, it's just Dustin Field, and it's just the Bears outdoors. Another competitor for the worst offense is going to be the uh, Falcons. They're indoors. They're going to have no weather games late in the season at home, where the Bears from Chicago late in December might very well have some frigid, you know, we saw the Rams go there and win or lose like 15-9 a few years ago. It's the kind of thing that happens in December in Chicago that may not happen in, in Jacksonville or some of these other bad teams. So, you can get that at seven to one or six to one around there, least scoring team in Chicago. Or if you don't want to shop around, just bet they're under. I just am pessimistic on this team. I know it's gone from about seven to where it opened to under six. I still think it's a good bet at under six. They're punting on this year. All their decision making is for the future, for foundations. You hear Roquan Smith saying, Yeah, I'll come back for this year and play out my contract. Not exactly rallying the troops saying, Yeah, I'm gonna play one more year because I'm legally or financially forced to that's your team leader no it's not it's it's a guy that's like everybody else there playing out the string uh this year is not the year in chicago i'd go under the six wins gotcha yeah that's a good look by you and fezzik uh on DraftKings, chicago bears is six to one to be the lowest scoring team in the nfl i probably like that better than than um fewest wins actually so so good call there um and again, that's over at DraftKings, so all the outkick bets uh, listeners can use our promo and and uh, maybe uh, use your free play on that bet. I, I think you can use it in the future. Don't quote me on that. Anyways, going over <laughs> the NFC South, uh, Tampa Bay is a, a huge favorite to win the division. Uh, I'm going to try to abbreviate this as best as possible because I am just I love the New Orleans Saints, and we could really do a whole podcast about my love affair with the New Orleans Saints. I'm going to take them to win uh, the NFC South at plus 310. I like them to win the NFC at plus 2,000. I put I put $100 on them and the Buffalo Bills to meet in the Super Bowl at plus 10,000. So if uh, John Cougar nice. Mellencamp wins Best Actor, I'm going to be one rich dude, you know? <laughs> 100 to 1. <laughs> yeah. Um but my favorite look in this entire NFL preseason um, is going to be, and my best bet in this podcast will be the New Orleans Saints to make the playoffs at plus 125. I, I, I project their defense to be second or third at worst. I think the uh, addition of Tyron Matthew takes that secondary from um, 
you know, top 10 to top five. I'm a little nervous about the trade that they made today. Their defensive line is sick. Um, Chris Olave, the, the, the draft pick that they made is got all the talent in the world. He's going to be in the, uh, wide receiver room with Michael Thomas, who, um, if he can come back healthy is a legit number one. Um, and Jarvis Landry, who's probably the most overqualified slot receiver in the league. So I don't think there's much of a fall off short term from Sean Payton to Dennis Allen. Obviously I'm not as excited about the saints long term without Sean Payton, but I love the Saints here. I can get into it more, but we are a little pressed for time, and um, I don't want to just completely hijack this podcast with my New Orleans Saints love. But I like them to win this division plus three ten. Like them, love them to make the playoffs at one twenty five, and don't even. I actually like Dennis Allen to win Coach of the Year at thirty to one as well. So those are my looks on the New Orleans Saints. But what do you got in the NFC South, Mac? Sure, I'll just piggyback on that and say I, I agree with you that the Saints are undervalued at three to one. But I'll focus more on the Buccaneers where Tom Brady comes back. That's great. All right. They go from, you know, a million to one, 40 to one to win the Super Bowl to seven to one, one of the favorites. And, hey, I'm the biggest Tom Brady fan there is. I've been saying the guy's the best player in the world since I can remember. Literally, like 2004, I was like, this guy's better than Peyton Manning. Wake up. Wake up. Uh, No one agreed with me for about 15 years, but eventually they did. Uh, So I'll take that to the grave with me because I remember thinking that and no one else did. But eventually it ends. And eventually he doesn't have the – Michael Jordan-esque, single-minded, driven focus. And we've already seen that, whether he's getting a divorce, maybe, or there's some sort of issues going on. It's not common to take 11 days off from a team. So generally, I would say don't fade Brady in any circumstances. I'm not saying fade him here because of that. I'm just saying that rule that I have is 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 relinquished because it's a different uh, Tom Brady that we're seeing in 2022. The reason I think the Buccaneers will struggle this year is from this trend that pregame research has developed, which is teams with high offensive line turnover, and the Bucs are right up there at the top of the league, especially now that their center's out. Uh, they were up there with offensive line turnover before their center, Ryan Jensen, went out. Now he's out for at least you know 10 weeks, 14 weeks, more likely. So, okay, three of their core, and they're all inside linemen, are out. You look at that historically. Teams that had a good, good offensive line, top half of the league, and the Bucs were one of the best. They were number one in football outsiders adjusted sack rate. So they were obviously top half of the league. If you have more than three turnover from one year to the next and you're expected to win, let me see if I get this right. Oh, no, no, never mind. That's not a qualifier. So if, if you have that three turnovers and you had a top half offensive lean, offensive line, last five years, there's been 23 examples of this. Two times that team has gone over 21 times that team with those specifications with the Buccaneers meet high offensive line turnover that were really good last year. 21 times they've gone under that win total. 21 and two trend, pretty powerful. On average, these teams go under their win total by 2.1 wins per season. And it makes a lot of sense. Nobody really thinks about the NFL in terms of inside out. You think of who's the best quarterback, et cetera. So when you have a team that's banking on a great offensive line, that has more than half of it turnover from one year to the next, and they have another backup injured now, it generally spells doom early in the season and throughout the season. Again, 23 times this happened the last five years. 21 times teams that fit this criteria go under. So I would not look at the Buccaneers. That leaves the Saints as the only really viable option because I'm bullish on the Panthers to win seven games, you know, not 10, not 11, not to compete for the division. And the Falcons, you know, the less we say about them, the better. So the Saints at three to one, I don't mind that at all. 
<laughs> I agree with you on the Panthers. Sounds like we could do a whole NFC South um, uh, podcast. Uh, my one thing to add to the whole Tom Brady thing is, as I know, Giselle's grinding him down, and it's got to be eating at the relationship. My my ex was a Brazilian, and if I could tell you with <laughs> with a hundred percent confidence, Giselle hates football. She hates it. I know it. I know it for a fact. And she does not want Tom Brady to play football anymore. So that's all I can really add to that. I mean, I could give more football analysis, but we're running a little long and there's a lot more to cover. So let's go to the NFC East. I don't have a lot in this division. This this division's next to impossible. I am a New York Giants homer, but I'm not giving out any picks for them. I'm not really crazy about them. And they've pretty much murdered my football fan soul over the past few seasons. Uh, the, the one bet that I am, I am interested in would be, um, Terry McLaurin over 1000 and a half re- uh, receiving yards. Um, and I would sprinkle on his receiving yards or for him to have the most receiving yards at 40 to one. He's 20th, uh, 24th ranked by the odds. He's had eight different quarterbacks in three seasons and he gets Carson Wentz who targeted Michael Pittman and, uh, the most in all four key situations tracked by pro football focus. I think Carson Wentz force feeds Terry McLaurin the ball, and he's went over a thousand and a half yards uh, two of his three first three seasons. He only had 919 and uh, 14 games as a rookie, um, but he had the most yards per catch in his career uh, that year, and he was throwing um, or um, was catching balls from Case Keenum and uh, the, the late Dwayne Haskins. So. I do like Terry McLaurin. I don't really like giving out overs for player props, but that's the only look that I like in this season, uh, in this uh, division. And just to give an official pick, I'll I'll, I'll take the Philadelphia Eagles uh, to to win it. So what do you got in the NFCs, though? You talked earlier about how the wide receiver position is becoming maybe the more uh, overrated position, and I tend to agree with that, uh, which is why I – find it difficult to pick the Eagles when they were clear underdogs. They added AJ Brown and they've been slowly ticking up uh, to now they're almost neck and neck with the Cowboys to win the division. However, the only team I could pick to win the division is the Eagles because I'm so down on the Cowboys. Maybe they're overrated with AJ Brown, but I know the Cowboys are overrated by our luck metrics, our regression analysis, the luckiest team by far in the NFL last year. A lot of that was turnovers, just turnover luck. You know, we kind of try to parse it out by pregame research. Just turnover luck. They gained two wins just from the luck factor. Not saying they all turnovers aren't luck. Just from the luck part of it, they gained two wins out of their 12 just because of turnovers. Also, strength of schedule is going to be a lot harder. Also, they won a lot of close games last year. Added all up together, and that 12 wins was a complete fugazi. They were more like a nine, eight and a half win team last year by our numbers. And that's kind of what Mike McCarthy's been, a disappointing middle-of-the-pack coach. So he went over last year. They went 12, went over their win total. The last four seasons, dating back to his Green Bay days, he's gone over. He's gone under his win total by an average of almost two wins per season. He's not the guy. I haven't seen any kind of innovation. I know they're bringing back their offensive coordinator, and they're saying, yeah, we're, we're excited about the future. I'm not. I don't think Dak Prescott is anything but Kirk Cousins with better weapons throughout his career. I don't think they've have those same weapons right now. Uh, they obviously traded Amari Cooper, and now Michael Gallup's going to be on the pup list. Their other you know, outside receiver that got a lot of prep, prep playing time last year, he's not going to be there. Another re- uh, pregame research study I'll throw at you, we talked about high offensive line turnover. We also looked at high wide receiver turnover, specifically teams that lost 30% of their snaps played by 
uh, outside receivers, not slide, not slot receivers. That doesn't count Michael Gap, Michael Gallup not being there. That's just talking about guys not on the roster. So you add Michael Gallup, who played ninety percent of the time on the outside, and it's even a bigger offense wide receiver turnover. But those teams, the first six weeks of the season, actually throughout week one, so week two through six, thirty nine percent against the spread the last five years. Teams generally don't have the offensive firepower that you think they're going to have when they makes sense when they have a big turnover at wide receivers. I think the Cowboys more than any other team is reliant on having that elite talent and that Dak Prescott getting it to him. I think when you take that away, we saw at the end of last year, he's just not a very good quarterback, not a guy that's going to win games. He might, you know, help you win games. He's not going to win games by himself. He might cost you games. So I'm very bullish, bearish on the Cowboys, not so bullish on the Eagles, but I'm bearish enough on the Cowboys where I think, Gun to my head, I'm picking the Eagles to win the division. If I made a, if I had to make a bet, uh, the ten and a half is gone for the Cowboys. That's a much better bet. So the under ten, I like, I don't love because of that movement. Mike McCarthy, six to one to be first coach fired, is interesting to me uh, because, I, like I said, I kind of like the Panthers turning it around in that rule. He's the favorite. I think, especially those first six weeks of the season, like we've said, teams with high wide receiver turnover only cover about forty percent of the time. First weeks, first six weeks of the season. Wouldn't be surprised me if earlier rather than later they decided to go in a different direction. Yeah, and the worst kept secret in the entire NFL is Sean Payton being the next uh, Dallas Cowboy coach. Right. We all no doubt. Uh, all right, moving along to the NFC West, final division here in the NFC Conference. Um, I am taking the defending Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams to go uh, to win this division at plus 130. Um, my best bet um, is actually over – um, Arizona Cardinals eight and a half wins. Mm. We'll talk about that in a second. I'm actually going to shout out uh, RJ Bell because me and him are going to hit on the same points, or I'm going to hit on the same points he already hit on in the pregame um, NFC, NFC preview. But what are you what are you looking at here in the NFC West? Uh, I think it's pretty well priced. Maybe I'm just trying to remove my bias, but uh, the Rams seem to me with their quarterback certainty versus the 49ers quarterback uncertainty. Uncertainty, uncertainty is right. Uh, they're a better team. So the fact that they're about a half win projected more uh, and they were about, you know, point two points better judging by the NFC championship line last year makes sense to me. They're slightly better. They should be favored. They should have slightly better win total. That said, they're one of those teams. They lost Andrew Whitworth, who's an elite offensive tackle who that have really good offensive line last year and high offensive line turnover this year. Again, two overs, 21 unders the last five years. Couldn't play the over. Uh, couldn't back the Rams knowing that. That said, if anybody could figure it out and they've had they've done things that other people haven't as far as bringing new people in and making them work right away, it's it's, new, it's amazing culture. You got to give Sean McVay credit and less need uh, for the ability to do that. Guys come in and contribute immediately. OJ Beckham, Von Miller. So can they figure it out? Sure, but the numbers say the history says this is generally a team that comes into the season overrated. Yeah, but McVay has like a, a Belichick vibe to him, where it's just like this guy just just gets it done. I, I don't know, like. You can you yeah, can I'm not make it... the under. I'm not, I know the numbers say bet the under. But I'm not betting the yeah. under because I do think uh, I'm, I've made a lot of money back in McVeigh over the years. I'm not I'm not uh, giving any of that back. Yeah, I think you can make a pretty convincing argument for the under, but it's just I'm I'm not there. Um, but I do like the over Cardinals eight and a half wins. 
Uh, and I think I think RJ Bell on, on uh, pregame.com effectively in the pregame podcast effectively nailed it. For me, the under here for the Arizona Cardinals is just a kind of a flimsy argument, and I think it's just too anti Cliff Kingsbury. Now, truth mm-hmm. be told, I thought the Cliff Kingsbury hire was absolutely ridiculous, uh, a clown move. I thought. Uh, firing Steve Wilkes was absolute trash. I, I actually do love Kyler Murray. I think he's awesome. Um, but if we're being fair, for being objective, right, stubbornness and sports betting is what can really cost you money. <laughs> the, the, the Kingsbury and Kyler Murray have improved by three wins each of the three seasons. They finished five, uh, five in their first year, eight in their second, and, and, and with 11 last year. Now, if you're telling me they're going to regress by three wins, I just, I'm calling bullshit on that. Um, and, and what is the thing that we hear most, the most common knock on the Arizona Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury? It's that they don't make in game or in season adjustments. Well, I actually would argue that the, um, the suspension of, of DeAndre Hopkins might help them in this scenario. Ooh. They're going to get back a top 10 wide receiver who it can make a difference to that offense and almost like reinvigorate the offense, um, um, reinvigorate the offense mid season. So kind of give them a little jolt. Um, and I, and I actually, like I took Kyler Murray at 28 to one to win the MVP. That number's gone and DraftKings it's 20 to one, but like he's got 40 touchdown potential between his legs and his arms and uh, his arm. And I, I just think, like athletically, um, he he might be one of the more dynamic offensive players to ever step in the NFL, and I, I'm just high on him. Um, and I do think they have enough vets um, with with a, a one final hurrah with with JJ Watt, who probably will end up injured, AJ AJ Green, um, where they they can really uh, put together another good season. If you were looking at their advanced stats last year, they were sick through the first seven games, so. Um, hopefully it doesn't play out like it usually does where Cliff Kingsbury pees down his leg down the end of the year. But I, I like the over eight and a half wins just because I think the market is just kind of unfair towards them. And that's where I sit. Do you have well, any Cardinals? Else? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just, uh, say that I, I like the thinking there. Uh, the Cardinals did pee down their leg and shit the bed and all that, <laughs> all that stuff you want to say towards the end of the season. And they won 11 games. It started out eight yeah. and one. It wasn't even close. The best argument for the over, in my opinion, is last year's win total was eight and a half. So they were the best team out the gate. They won 11 games. They clearly were way better than expectations. And because DeAndre Hopkins isn't going to be there for one third of the season, we're saying they're absolutely no better. There's zero wins better than we expected last year. No, I think they've proven enough uh, from last year where they should be upgraded, whether that's a win or a half a win, it's something. And this win total is exactly where it was last year. That seems like to me a mistake. Right on. Um, do you have anything else to add to the NFC West, or do we want to move along to our uh, playoff predictions? Let's do playoff predictions. All right, cool. We'll breeze through this before hitting season award predictions and then doing our, our, our best bet. But um, um, you can go back and listen to all of our division winners. I'm just going to give my NFC wild cards, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. you know, I Tom Brady uh, effect there, and I, I think they are going to be good, but I wouldn't be surprised if – if they suck, um, but you know, whatever, uh, take them to win, uh, uh, to be a wild card. I'm taking Arizona Cardinals and this is random. I'm not even going to get into, uh, I'm not going to really even sell it. I'll take the Washington commanders to make the wild card. I think I'll sell it a little bit. (laughs) I think Carson Wentz is actually a little underrated. Um, and 
I think he's actually going to be helped by Ron Rivera. I think Ron Rivera is going to like grab him by the short and curlies and like, listen, you effing quarterback. Like you've been on assist uh, quarterback friendly systems the last two years or uh, your last two teams. They didn't want anything to do with you. This is your last chance to be a starter. You ain't shit. Like you have a pretty good team around you. Let's uh, let's let's rally and, and and keep your career as a starter continuing. I'm not putting any money on it, but those are my NFC wild card picks. What do you got? I'm going to take the favorite in every division except for the NFC East. Uh, the Eagles are slight underdogs. I'll take them to win the division. Um, outside of that, my three AFC teams are going to be. Uh, the Ravens, I think the Bengals win the division. I, I guess that's not a favorite, so that's another upset. I think the Bengals win the division. Ra- Ravens also make the playoffs. Um, I think the Colts also make the playoffs as long as well with the Titans. And I'll say the Patriots. It's close between the Dolphins and and. Uh, but I think Shanahan system. McDaniel been with uh, Kyle Shanahan since 2011. I think that system's proven to just be a lot better in the second year. A lot of moving parts in Miami. I'll take New England with their continuity to make the playoffs. In the NFC, outside of the favorites to win the division, I'll take the 49ers to make it. I don't think the Cowboys are going to make it, so that leaves me with the Vikings and the Saints as my other two. Uh, So the Vikings, Saints, 49ers, and the division favorites in the NFC. And in the AFC, I'll take Bengals and Ravens, the division favorites, and uh, the Titans and Patriots as well. Gotcha. Yeah, NFC uh, going um, Packers, Saints, Eagles, Rams, Bucks, Cardinals, Washington, AFC going Bengals, Titans, Bills, Chargers uh, as the wild cards, Chiefs, Colts, and Ravens. Um, how about conference winners? Who do you got to win the NFC, AFC, then the Super Bowl? I think I said. Uh, I don't think I said the Chargers. I should have said the Chargers. So throw out the Patriots, add the Chargers to the, to my playoff mix. Uh, what was your question again? Sorry about that. Oh, good. No, uh, who do you got to win the NFC, AFC, and then the Super Bowl? You know, I haven't actually made a selection until this moment. Um, I'm going to say the baby. Chi- I'm going to say the Chiefs are going to surprise people and win the AFC. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes every year as a starter has been the AFC Championship game. He had the worst half of his playoff life uh, to lose the Bills game and people are lose the Bengals game. And people will say, oh, well, he should have lost the Bills game, 13 seconds. They had 1% chance to win. A lot of ways to cut that. Uh, two minutes earlier, the Bills had about a 3% chance to win. They were facing a fourth and 17, down four. Game should have been over. The Chiefs should have, should have been kneeling it out after that point. So a lot of things go into that game other than just the 13 seconds people focus on. And you look at just his playoff history, Mahomes more often than not has a 90-plus QBR in the playoffs. I just think he's, uh, as all the superlatives people throw at him, one bad year and he's already one of the best. I don't think so. I think he's the best in football. I don't think Rodgers is close. Brady on his day, maybe. I don't think Josh Allen is, is there. I don't think um, Justin Herbert is there. So I'm going to take the best quarterback in the league to win his conference. I'll take Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. Yeah, NFC's tougher. Dude's the right arm tougher. of God. Sorry, go ahead. I know. I mean, it's just it's, we haven't seen anything like it. To assume that everyone's caught up to the pack seems to be a mistake. I want to pick the 49ers because I love to pick the 49ers and just hope and believe, but that's not my brain talking. That would be my heart talking. I'm going to say the Packers. I'm going to say the Packers because everyone's down because of Devontae Adams, but they – I mean, Bakhtiari being back, their best offensive lineman, and their best cornerback being back, I think is probably as good or more 
more of an addition than losing Devontae Adams. Uh, last dance type of year. Rodgers not going to be there forever. I think he's going to make one more Super Bowl in his career. I think it's going to be this year. So Packers, Chiefs, just like Super Bowl one. unlike Super Bowl one, I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win it. Gotcha. I'm taking the New Orleans Saints to win the NFC because, Ooh, you know, shit happens. That's a shocker. <laughs> yeah, shit happens. I think they have the, the the second or best defense in the league. I think it's going to be uh, Jameis Winston's uh, career year. And, um, again, this, this weak analysis maybe, but I, shit happens. Uh, I'm taking the <laughs> AFC. Uh, Buffalo Bills in the AFC. They're plus 280. I'm not going to bet it. Um, but, for me, they're the, the best team when you factor in um, talent continuity and coaching um and i do think they end up winning the super bowl at plus 550 but those numbers suck not going to give out those bets so that's where i'm at um with my playoff projections real quick let's do the uh season award predictions um i already gave out my mvp but i'm taking joe burrow i also i also took kyler murray 28 to 1 that number's gone but i'm taking joe burrow uh 12 to 1 to win mvp what do you uh what do you got I'm going to stick with Josh Allen. Uh, is the favorite. Is not not a shocker. But I just think he's going to have um, just the right narrative. And he's going to have great numbers. Um, and people like to have a new guy win it. So Rodgers has already won it. Mahomes has already won it. Jackson, I don't think he's going to be in contention. But already has won it. So it's going to be an argument against them if it comes up to that. So I think Josh Allen was right there uh, at his best last year as the best quarterback. Maybe he's top three. You know, I don't think he's the best quarterback, but still I think he's going to be – has the best chance to win this year's MVP. NFL Offensive Player of the Year, um, sticking with the Bengals. Um, this is more of a lean, though, or slash pick. I'm going to go Jamar Chase, 30-1. to 1. Uh, I don't know how he could have the third best odds for most receiving yards, second best odds for most receiving touchdowns, and 16th best odds for Offensive Player of the Year. I think that's a pricing error. And I also sprinkled on Aaron Jones to win – uh, offensive player of the year at 40 to one. Uh, what say you? I'm going to go Jamar chase at 30 to one, similar to why I think Joe Burrow has good value to win MVP. Just the end of the year last year when Joe Burrow was finally fully back to health and rookie wide receiver wasn't a rookie anymore. I mean, he was technically, but he had some experience under his belt. They just looked like a different dynamic duo, like the best dynamic duo in the league. Uh, Pretty simple analysis after that. Usually rookies don't contribute as much as Jamar Chase does. I expect a similar, like he, like every other receiver, leap in his second year. And I think just numbers-wise, that's going to put him right at the top of the league. 30-1 to 1 has value. Uh, defensive player of the year, I'm taking Buffalo Bills uh, off uh, outside linebacker Vaughn Miller at 30-1. to 1. He was had the third best PFF grade for edge rushers last year. I think he had 13 and a half sacks when you add the playoffs. Obviously he was helped immensely by lining up next to Aaron, um, uh, Aaron Donald. Um, but, uh, despite not having any like sick sack, uh, leaders or, or, or sack numbers, the Buffalo bills had a top five pressure rate according to pro football, uh, mm-hmm. reference. So I think, um, I think Vaughn Miller, is is gonna have an awesome season for the for the the Buffalo Bills. He couldn't get a lot of coverage sacks because that secondary sick. Um, if Buffalo is as nasty offensively as they're expected to be, then there's gonna be a lot of um, come from behind. Uh, right. Teams are gonna be trying to come from behind. A lot of dropbacks. A lot of a lot of just looks at Von Miller to hit the quarterback. And I also wouldn't hate a, a little sprinkle on Chargers defensive end Joey Bosa at twenty to one just because. Uh, 
Khalil Mack's going to eat a, a, a bunch of bandwidth and give Joey Bosa some more one-on-one looks. But uh, my official pick will be Vaughn Miller. What uh, what do you got? I'm going to go with the other Bosa brother. I'm going to go Nick Bosa, 14-1 uh, to 1 is what I'm looking at. Um, looks like 12-1 to at draft or you get 15 to one at DraftKings. All right. 15 to one is the pick. Um, generally he came back from ACL last year and he looked like the best defender in the league for long stretches. I think with one more year under his belt, one more year removed from that injury, he'll be that much better. He's growing up every day against Trent Williams, the best offensive lineman in the game, iron sharp and irons. They're getting better. Uh, I think there's value on Nick Bosa 15 to one. All right. These next three awards I'm going to give out are just picks. I don't have any bets, but offensive rookie of the year, I'll go Atlanta quarterback Desmond Ritter. He's got some sick weapons, and Mariota could be injured or benched at some point. Uh, You? I actually like like Desmond Ritter. I was talking about this uh, the other day. It generally goes to a quarterback. I know it's not always the case. Jamar Chase was the exception, but you're going to get a lot more value on a quarterback in these type of awards. And I think the story of the season – for this is either going to be Kenny Pickett, maybe I think Mitch Trubisky's looked pretty good, so I think he's going to play, or it's going to be Desmond Ritter as far as which rookie impresses which rookie QB. So the fact that Desmond Ritter is not the favorite or even close like Kenny Pickett seems to me like there's value Desmond Ritter could pick. Yeah, defensive rookie of the year. I'm going to go Jacksonville uh, edge rusher Trayvon Walker, first pick of the draft. I think he's like the fourth or fifth best odds, eight to one. Look good in the preseason. Josh Allen on the other side, similar. Uh, handicap is Joey Bose and Khalil Mack. I mean, Josh Allen is sick, and, and Trayvon Walker should get some one-on-one matchups. So I like him um, as a pick, not as a bet. What do you got? I'll go Aiden Hutchinson. I saw a little bit of hard knocks. A lot of positive things were said. Yeah. I'll pick Aiden Hutchinson. <laughs> he looks awesome. Um, NFL comeback player of the year, boring. I'm taking the favorite, Derrick Henry. Correlates with my Titans lean. So plus 400. It's a pick, not a bet. You. Yeah, I'll make a pick, not a bet either. These features, difficult to find value. I'll say Christian McCaffrey, you know. Gotcha. Just yeah. the first three seasons he played, played every single snap, never injury prone. Now the last two years, he's only played 10 games. We think he's injury prone. But, hey, first three years, if he comes back to what he was at the beginning of his career, best offensive player in football, that should be comeback player of the year. Yeah, that correlates with your uh, Panthers over too. So. Yep, I like that. Um, NFL coach of the year. I sprinkled on New Orleans Saints head coach, Dennis Allen, 31. Um, this is the juiciest payout for my New Orleans Saints projection and winners of this award typically go to coach that turn coaches that turn around teams. Uh, Saints didn't make the playoffs last year. So if they, if they win 11, 12 games in that division, Dennis Allen's going to be a finalist or in the discussion, man, looking at the odds board, I don't really think any of these guys, should win. It's funny because any coach of the year award odds is funny because you're saying who do we expect to beat expectations is really the question. Who do we expect to say at the end of the year, wow, they were better than expected, but we're saying that right now. So it kind of works both ways. Um, I'll just say Bill Belichick. He's won it a bunch, 25 to one. Seems like high odds. That'll be my pick. Gotcha. Okay. Um, before we get out of here, though, why don't you tell all of our listeners where they could find you, uh, follow your handicaps and, and follow your content? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Mac and Rivers. Uh, that's my rapper name, M A C K E N, last name Rivers, at Mac and Rivers. Uh, throw out a lot of graphics, pregame research stuff. Um, also, you can find me on the Dream Preview, RJ Bell's Dream Preview, our uh, number one podcast here at pregame.com. Search anywhere you find podcasts. And uh, check out Fox Sports Radio straight out of Vegas every day, 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific. You can find me on, uh, on that on Fox Sports Radio. All right. And uh, 
I got to, uh, I got to press you a little bit here because the reason why I brought you on this podcast is ultimately to bring you back for the NBA preview. I need you to tell the listeners you'll be back for our NBA preview. I, I can't wait to talk hoops with you, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. NBA is my, is my love, my first love, uh, forever. Last year uh, on pregame.com, made 325 selections, hit over 57%. And I was telling Mary, who runs sales here, I feel so much more prepared this year, so much more prepared with what databases I have, what tools I like to look at for a specific game matchup. So it'd be great if I could replicate that exact same success, but on paper, I should do better. So I can't wait for the NBA season to start uh, this October. So awesome. thank you. I would love, would love to come back on and talk some hoops. Great. And I got to put you on the spot one more time. Um, if you're going to just give out one best bet, we gave out a lot of great looks, a lot of great analysis here. And I know you already gave out this best bet, but just remind Outkick Bets listeners what your best bet is of the uh, 2022 NFL season. Of course, Outkick Bets listeners, listen up. My best bet for this podcast, I'll say it again, Broncos under 10 wins. We've seen new quarterbacks get a lot of hype. The Vegas market just expects them to be themselves. I think in this particular case, for a few reasons, we shouldn't expect Russell Wilson to be one of the elite quarterbacks like he has been in the past. Just any quarterback, new team, last five years, there's been 41 examples. Those teams go under their win total by about more than half a win, about three quarters of a win per season. Moreover, only 14 out of those 41 examples have gone over. Less than 40% of the time, teams beat expectations with a new quarterback. It makes a lot of sense. The media loves it. The actual fundamental reality on the field, it's more difficult. Now, why is Russell Wilson in particular unlikely to start on start this season on fire or start his career as a Bronco on fire? One, it's the, um, it's the West Coast run-heavy variation that the Shanahan's have run and Matt LaFleur has run and Nathaniel Hackett brings to the table generally doesn't do so well the first year. Aaron Rodgers, best quarterback in the league, arguably 20th in QBR the first year in the Shanahan system. Next year, he was one. The year after that, he was one. So the first year under Russell Wilson, I expect more of that 20th type performance level than what we could see him later on in his tenure. Also, just the league. What the league is doing right now is kind of perfect to prevent Russell Wilson from exceeding more two shells, deep safeties, uh, which is easy to run against, but much more difficult to throw long against, has been prevalent in the NFL. At the same time, Russell Wilson has been, had by far the worst second halves to each of the last two years that he's ever had. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think people are figuring him out, and they're challenging him to do something different. Will he eventually find a more precision short game that makes sense? Maybe. I think, and they're talking about how he's running half the playbook, I think he's going to try to be the hero ball that he wasn't able to do to quite the same degree in Seattle. And I think that's going to not hit the ground running. I think that's going to be a difficult sell early on. So under 10 wins is my best bet for this podcast. Being a Russell Wilson fan for years, I think he struggles early on and throughout his first year as a Bronco. Good stuff, Mac. Yeah, if you guys follow me, which I, I assume you do on uh, or my Outkick stuff, you've already read this. But my my favorite bet of the preseason, it's a, a three unit wager for me. I'm going to go New Orleans Saints to make the playoffs at plus one twenty five. Also like him to win the division. Also like um, Dennis Allen to win Coach of the Year. But my best bet officially is the New Orleans Saints uh, plus one twenty five to make the playoffs. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Mackenzie, for 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 joining us, uh, joining Outkick Bets, and our our first ever episode. You killed it. 
Um, please check out McKenzie at pregame.com. He's their data dude and handicapper just kills it over there with RJ Bell and company. So go check him out. I appreciate it, man. I like the new moniker and uh, thank you for having me on. It was fun. All right, please guys uh, do me a favor, subscribe, rate and review wherever you get podcasts. Um, And we'll be talking in next. I'll be talking to you guys next week with a guest uh, breaking down NFL week one, but until next time, peace.